You're not going to find a better place and a better person to work with. It's the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Radio Network Sports Update brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. We are moments away from going to Arkansas State University and First National Bank Arena for the big press conference to formally introduce Destiny Rogers as the eighth head basketball coach in A-State women's sports history. Rogers took over as the interim head coach on December 14th Following the resignation of Matt Daniel the evening before, Rogers finished out the 21-22 season with a record of 8-10. and 10. We'll have that press conference for you here in just a few moments on the Ticket Radio Network. And baseball yesterday, Arkansas State had a rough day in Springfield as they dropped both ends of a doubleheader at Hammonds Field to the Missouri State Bears. Bears taking the opener 12-3 and the second game by a count of 7-1. Red Bulls back home for the next four. They'll take on the Memphis Tigers tomorrow evening and then open up conference play this weekend when they host the Texas State Bobcats. Bringing the best sale on tires since 1963 now with two Jonesboro locations. That's Plaza Tire Service and that's the latest from the Ticket Radio Network. This is KNEA K237FI 953 and K245CW 969 Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon, the Ticket Radio Network. It's time for the setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on the setup this Monday, March 14th, 2022 edition of the show here on The Ticket Radio Network. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you for the next hour or so. Here on the ticket, also 953theticket.com through the tune in app by searching for KDA, where you can find us there as well. Uh, busy news day for, for Arkansas State. Uh, Destiny Rogers was officially named the eighth head coach in A State women's basketball history uh, earlier today in a press conference at First National Bank Arena. So, obviously, uh, we'll go over that. Uh, we have some A State men's basketball news in the form of North Shadow Mirror returning. Uh, the NCAA men's and women's basketball brackets were released last night. MLB free agency going on. Uh, Tom Brady in the news, had the Players' Championship going on, uh, college basketball coaching sale. coaching carousel so just a ton of different uh angles in which we could go in today with a wild busy sports news weekend but uh right now andrew bowen will get us caught up on some of the headlines brought to you by plaza tire service bringing you the best deals on tires after leading the a-state women's basketball team in the final 18 games of the season destiny rogers has been named the program's head coach Rogers is the eighth coach in program history and will be introduced today at a press conference at 11 a.m. inside the First National Bank Arena Auditorium. Press conference is open to the public. Meanwhile, A-State baseball was swept Sunday in its doubleheader at Missouri State, losing by the final scores of 12-3 and 7-1. Jalen DeShazier drove in a pair of runs on the day. Also in A-State news, football held its first of 15 spring practices on Sunday. Coach Butch Jones praised the team's energy and credited off-season work for a smooth first day. And Arkansas will be the four seed in the West region and will take on 13 seed Vermont in the opening round of the NCAA tournament on Thursday. The Hogs ended their SEC tournament run with an 82-64 loss to Texas A&M in the semifinals on Saturday. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. 
So, Destiny Rogers was named the uh, head coach at A-State about three hours ago in a press conference inside First National Bank um, Arena. And so, that was uh, that was cool. And, you know, it's something that had been kind of coming for a while. Uh, it felt like that was the direction that A-State was, was going to to go in because, you know, with all the with all the adversity and everything, just kind of had to deal with throughout the course of this season, just felt like you had gotten to a point where you could not not name her the head coach at A State. Uh, you know, losing her best player in pregame warmups in January, then losing uh, you know Trinity Jackson to a shoulder injury, and even though she kind of played through it, still wasn't a hundred percent. And you know, a couple of departures in the transfer portal, this and that, the other, and you just dealt a a huge hand of of adversity. So it was good to see uh, Destiny Rogers not only get named the head coach at A-State but be able to uh, to have her moment today. Uh you know, in doing a uh, doing a really cool press conference, uh, you know, it was good to see the entire A-State women's uh, basketball staff, the entire A-State women's team, uh Destiny Rogers family uh were all in attendance today all sitting uh, kind of next to each other so that was uh, that was cool to see them all together uh supporting uh, coach Rogers as she got introduced as uh, as the A state head coach uh, earlier today so uh that was that was really cool to see uh, you know I thought her her comments at the press conference were uh, were were really good uh, you know, she was up there for probably about 20, 25 minutes, uh, had had an opening statement, then took questions from the media and all of that. And so, you know, I thought her remarks at uh, at the press conference were uh, were good about how, you know, just how much adversity they had dealt with this year and then also kind of the plan on leading the, the program into, uh, you know, a new era of, of A-State women's basketball. Uh, obviously... And I hate how this worked out because it's not actually how it worked out. Uh, and, you know, I guess I get why people report it the way they did, but it's also not true. Where yesterday, you know, they put out the press release about 11 and saying that Destiny Rogers is the head coach of A-State women's basketball. Uh, about two hours later, you know, I don't know, inside exposure and whatever other of these women's basketball sites, someone picks up on it that Trinity Jackson, Jabra Washington, and Maya Love were entering the transfer portal. And so the timing of the news and kind of how it was reported made it look like, oh, they're entering the transfer portal because she just got named head coach. When in all reality, this was, uh, you know, this was something that happened before that. that it, it happened before that. That's and that's the honest truth. It it happened before Sunday, and and it, it just happened before Sunday. So uh, it didn't actually happen like two hours after Destiny Rogers got named the head coach. It it happened well. It happened well before Sunday. So uh, I hated how that was reported, and you know, kind of how it took a little bit of the the positive light off of the situation. So I, I did hate that angle from it. But other than that, you know, I thought it was. Um, Really cool to, to kind of see A-State give her her moment and be able to do her own uh, press conference being announced as uh, the uh, the head coach of A-State women's basketball. The first head coach, or the eighth head coach in uh, in program history. And, uh, you know, kind of a groundbreaking deal where she is the uh, first African-American woman to be named the head coach at, at Arkansas State. And so that, uh, you know, that is cool from her. Obviously, we've seen her get a lot of support throughout the course of the year from different uh different 
coaches who are women in the women's college basketball game, uh, most notably Don Staley and from her peers throughout the uh, the Sun Belt Conference. And so, uh, you know, I thought that was uh, I thought that was really cool, kind of how it was uh, was handled today. Also, good to see a a pretty good crown on hand to support uh, Destiny Rogers as she got named uh, the head coach at a state earlier today. Uh, she is actually across, like literally next door to us right now, recording, uh, the second to none podcast, which will be available tomorrow. They're, I think they're like an hour into their, uh, conversation with, uh, Destiny Rogers right now. So that, uh, that should be an interesting, um, Interesting thing that is up uh, tomorrow uh, on the Second to None podcast. All right, right now we're going to take an early timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue to touch on this press conference. We'll even hear some audio from the press conference, and then we'll uh, talk some more college basketball, look at uh, the men's and women's NCAA tournament brackets that came out yesterday. So that's coming up after this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'll never forget being a student at Little Rock Central High and watching them hold open the doors for the Little Rock Nine. Doors that 40 years earlier had been closed to them because they're black. Good triumphed over evil. That is who we are. The radical left wants to teach our kids America is a racist and evil country, but our Kansans are generous, hardworking people. I was born and raised here. This is where we chose to raise our family. And I want the same for my three kids as yours, a better life here in Arkansas. We don't want our kids living under socialism, cancel culture, and big government taking away our freedom. As governor, I will defend our freedom and champion good schools higher paying jobs, and a better life for all. Paid for by Sarah for Governor. The Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center and Houlihan's Restaurant want to advance your culinary career today. Open positions include sous chef, restaurant cooks, and staff for banquets. All shifts are available, both part-time and full-time, with flexible hours to fit your busy life. Most importantly, all team members are eligible for paid time off and travel benefits. I'm Embassy Suites General Manager Craig Pomerinke. Stop by and see me on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, from 2 to 5 p.m. for open interviews and samples of the delicious food you'll be helping to create. If you can't make it on March 17th, applications are available to pick up in person or apply online at O. HospitalityManagement.com. I'll see you this St. Patty's Day at the MC Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. We're located at 223 Red Wolf Boulevard in Jonesboro. Or go online to ohospitalitymanagement.com to apply today. It could be your lucky day. Embassy Suites is an equal opportunity employer. The St. Bernard's Medical Group Health Expo returns to First National Bank Arena in Jonesboro for community-wide event on Saturday, April 9th. As the region's largest event dedicated to your health, we offer free health screenings. Get to know our physicians, donate blood, visit our Kids Zone area, or find your next career at our job fair. The following day, April 10th, student-athletes from partnering schools can once again take advantage of our comprehensive pre-participation evaluations. It's all happening at the St. Bernard's Medical Group Health Expo. Visit stbexpo.com. The Central Family of dealerships is proud to sponsor the 2022 sun senior classic coming saturday march the 19th at first national bank arena come and see the stars of local basketball here in northeast arkansas with the girls tipping off at 5 p.m and the boys at 7 p.m all admission proceeds go to a scholarship fund at first national bank to be distributed to the participants brought to you by the central family of dealerships also sponsored by first national bank jonesboro promotions board vineyard development poppy's beach grill and event center fat city apparel incorporated empower visionary eye care and east arkansas broadcaster ready for 
for a career change? Step into the world of multimedia marketing with EAB Jonesboro. We combine traditional and digital advertising, and we tailor marketing plans for our clients to help their businesses flourish. We've helped grow thousands of businesses in Arkansas, and now we're looking for new teammates. This job is about developing meaningful relationships with clients and thinking creatively. If you're ready for a fun, fast-paced, and competitive work environment, email Scott Seiler at eabjonesboro.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-S-I-L-E-R at eabjonesboro.com. And let's get you started with a brand new career with one of the most trusted marketing companies in Arkansas. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on The Ticket as we continue along on a Monday edition of the show. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here for the next 50 minutes or so as we continue to recap the press conference from Destiny Rogers earlier today where she was named the eighth head coach in A-State women's basketball history after being the uh, interim for the last uh, few months of the uh, of the season, so uh, she was named uh, the, officially named the head coach earlier today. Uh, have a few clips from uh, from her press conference that uh, that we'll share with you. First off, you know it's an interesting dynamic because she already had head coaching experience; it just wasn't at this level. Uh, you know, and she kind of touched on that uh, a little bit in her press conference earlier today in the fact that she was a, a head coach in in the high school ranks. She had started out uh, being an assistant coach and then went to the high school ranks to be a uh, be a head coach at high school at El Dorado from 2016 through uh, 2019 and uh, led them to a state semifinal appearance in her first year. And so had three years of experience as a head coach there and then came to A-State uh, to be the associate head coach and then now is the A-State head coach. And so one of the questions asked of her was, hey, listen, like you already know that you are – you are qualified enough to be a high school head coach because you've done it and you've done it at a high level. But when was the moment that you kind of realized that you were qualified to be a Division One head coach as well? You know, uh, after that first game, you know, obviously uh, I've been a head coach before, but not at this level. Um, so that part of it felt very natural for me. Uh, but after that first game, you know, my coaches looked at me and they were like, are you ever going to smile? And I was like, nope, not till the, the, the clock strikes zero. And uh, when it did and, you know, we kind of had the little celebration, I, I thought to myself, you were meant for this, you were built for this, and you can absolutely do this. Uh, so that was interesting from uh, from Destiny Rogers. Obviously, her first game was – you know, in the midst of a just a whirlwind 24 hours where you get the news come out about 9 or 10 o'clock uh, the night before that Matt Daniel has resigned, then A-State has to turn around and play that Tuesday at 7 o'clock against Mississippi Valley State at home, and obviously wound up going on to win that game, but it was just a bizarre 24 hours or so uh, for this program and for, for Destiny Rogers, and she was able to deliver in her uh, – First moment as uh, as the head coach at at Arkansas State in that game against Mississippi Valley State. One of the things that you know I thought was interesting and just you know it came across as very apparent in in our conversations this year was that you know at times A State wasn't able to play the style of play that that she wants to play. Uh, there were 
you know, a lot of times where she was not pleased with the defensive performance. She is a defensive first head coach and, you know, wants this team to be more active defensively. Well, that's easier said than done when you have seven players. And so what you kind of saw from A-State to to counter the fact that they – really were struggling with depth and just available bodies on the roster is that in the last month, month and a half or so of the season, you post-Kia Patton injury, you saw them play more up-tempo. And that was just simply due to the fact that that's kind of the way they had to play, was play up-tempo and press and try to force turnovers off full-court pressure. And one of the things she talked about was what type of style of play she is going to want to implement now that she has a chance to uh, to build this roster and add more depth before uh, next season begins. I think that the way that you saw us play uh, at our last game, it was towards the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, uh, where we were playing really fast and we were pressing and we were very aggressive defensively and offensively. Uh, that's the style of play that we want to look to play. Uh, obviously, it was tough to do that with a you know limited roster, uh, but we will have a full roster moving forward, and we're going to practice that way every single day and implement obviously some some new things defensively and offensively. Uh, but we feel very confident about uh, what we're about to implement. I like the uh, the comment about a full roster. Obviously, you know the transfer portal news is is what it is. But you already have two early enrollees that you're going to bring in. Uh, I know they've been very active, not only on the high school recruiting trail, but also in the transfer portal. And I mean, good lord, the transfer portal is hitting everyone. I mean, Coastal Carolina lost their best player to the transfer portal two days ago or three days ago in Asia Blunt. Uh, it is hitting everyone within the within the Sun Belt Conference and within women's college basketball. And so obviously there is going to be a a lot of good players in the transfer portal. And uh, it will be interesting to see kind of how uh, this staff navigates that. Also, uh, you know, there there's at least a couple on the on the JUCO ranks that could be brought in next year that uh, you know I know this staff really likes. And so the recruiting aspect of it is. Uh, is going to be interesting to follow throughout the course of this offseason because you are going to have a, you know you are going to have roster spots right now you have seven roster spots that are taken up you're going to have two with early enrollees and so you're going to have some room to to bring in people either from the high school ranks JUCO ranks transfer portal whatever due to you know different departures throughout the course uh, of your program. And so that is going to be uh, interesting to watch throughout uh, the course of this offseason. We'll get to recruiting in a moment. One thing that uh, Destiny Rogers did touch on, though, was, you know, it was a historic, historical day for her. Uh, Obviously, you know, representation matters a lot, and it's starting to matter a whole lot more in the women's college basketball game, thanks to, you know, people like Don Staley, who kind of use their voice for good and speak up for the fact that you know you need more not only women head coaches but african-american head coaches in in college basketball and destiny rogers just weighed in on the representation aspect uh, of today's announcement i'm a firm believer that representation matters and you know just a couple years ago uh, when you started to see a lot of black women get the opportunity to be head coaches it inspired me uh, and it, it showed me that, hey, you can do this one day as well. And I think it's important for our players to see that as well. And, you know, not just our black players, but obviously, you know, our uh, white players, just to see a woman 
in this position, period, I think is huge. And I've always said that I wanted to inspire the next uh, group of coaches that want to come up and just show them that through hard work and dedication and perseverance, you can also do this. So there's a couple of recruiting clips that that we could have played. Uh, the first one, in we've already kind of touched on it, is just kind of her basic outline of what she wants in a player. And, you know, what she wants is is someone that is going to fit the mold of, you know, being in the A-State family and also fit the mold of playing the style of play that they want to play. And so that was a lot of what she went into in in her in her clip about recruiting and just kind of what she looks for in a player. And again, the two things she mentioned was, can you fit with our culture and can you fit with our style of play and what she is looking for on the recruiting trail. And, you know, one of the things I do like uh, about Coach Rogers, about this staff, is that even when it wasn't, a hundred percent certain that they were going to get this job they were still busy on the recruiting trail uh i think it was the texas road trip actually i know it was a texas road trip uh we left for san marcus on a wednesday destiny rogers and lizzie nestling were on the road recruiting that weekend had not gotten back into town until late tuesday night and were on the road going to san marcus that wednesday so they were actively recruiting on the road. Uh, they were they were actively, you know, in, in in and out of airports recruiting the last. Uh, I mean, really, since they have taken over different kids that they are in on, and so that's one of the things I admired and and respected about this staff was even when the fact even when the job wasn't theirs, they were still on the road and uh, recruiting and trying to bring the best players they could into uh, into this program. So, obviously, we know her recruiting philosophy, her recruiting standpoint, but one of the things she was asked about, which I thought was a, a really good question, was kind of how she plans to recruit the state of Arkansas and keep some of these really, really good girls basketball players uh, within the state, and she kind of elaborated on that. Well, I'm an Arkansas kid. And, uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Arkansas. I won championships at the high school level uh, here in Arkansas. And uh, I think that it's important uh, that if we can get kids to stay home, that we get them to stay home. Uh, so we'll recruit tirelessly, trying to get uh, players to come here that are from here, uh, as well as we'll continue to branch out and, and recruit players that we see uh, that best fit us. You know, we, we, we will recruit Arkansas hard, but we won't limit ourselves uh, to, to just Arkansas because obviously, you know, we have players on our team that are not from Arkansas that are really good players, and we're happy to have them, and uh, that's the way we'll continue to recruit. So thought that was uh, an interesting answer. And obviously, you know, this past freshman recruiting class, although she had a hand in it, wasn't completely hers, but it is kind of that same – you know, dynamic with this freshman class. You bring four freshmen in last year, and one is from the state. And all four contribute really good minutes. Um, you know, Jade Upshaw from Oklahoma, Maylin Wilkerson uh, from from Texas. And so, it, you know, you have uh, Kiara Ellis from Louisiana. And so three, all four of those players contribute really good minutes. Only one is from the state of Arkansas. And so it is kind of an interesting dynamic of, yes, you want to see more Arkansas players on the roster because – the amount of talent in high school girls basketball, especially over the last five, six, seven years, has just been incredible. I mean, just the amount of different players that are 
going Division One, whether it's Group of Five, Mid Major, whatever you want to call it, Power Five, whatever, the amount of players that are signing scholarships to go play Division One basketball has been extremely high over the last five, six, seven years. And then, obviously, you know, you have your kids that are in the mix in in the McDonald's All American nominations that are playing you know, really high-level travel ball like a Izzy Higginbottom or Alana Eaton or whatever is the case. And so obviously there is a huge amount of talent within the within the state of Arkansas. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how uh, Destiny Rogers and this staff uh, navigate that, not only this offseason, but throughout uh, the course uh, of the next few years. We do know, you know, I don't know the, the contract details haven't been released, but uh, Logan Whaley of KIT caught up with uh, Tom Bowen, who said it was a three-year deal for Destiny Rogers to be the um, head coach at uh, at Arkansas State. So we do know it is a uh, it is a three-year deal, and uh, now what you have to add is what I would assume you have to add is another member to to the staff. Uh, obviously. You know, A-State was shorthanded in a lot of different areas this year. You know, Destiny Rogers even mentioned it in her press conference. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people remember just kind of going back uh, three or four weeks ago, she had posted on Twitter that her staff was having to compete in practice. I mean, mean, they were down to seven players. And so in order to have a full five-on-five in practice, her staff was having to get out there and and compete and make up the other three roster spots that you need for a five-on-five. And so, uh, you know, Connor McNellis, Lizzie Nestling, Aaron Campbell were all out there, you know, going hard in practice every single day uh, to, to give their kids a chance to see, you know, what a five-on-five would look like against whatever game plan they're trying to implement. And so you're you're shorthanded on the roster front. You're also shorthanded on the coaching front. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that additional uh, assistant spot that uh, undoubtedly will come open. I would assume that a lot of people will be interested in that. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what uh, what goes on with that. But that uh, that's kind of the latest there. Uh, good to see uh, Destiny Rogers get named the eighth head coach in A-State women's basketball program history this afternoon all right uh we're gonna take a time out when we come back we'll uh we'll get into some ncaa tournament talk we'll kind of look over uh the bracket on the uh on the men's side of things we'll touch on the women's as well and uh start kind of looking at some more uh, national topics that pertain to the ncaa tournament so that's coming up after this time out here on the ticket Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. You don't need the luck of the Irish to save some green this month at Local Tire and Wheel. Because Local Tire and Wheel is having their green tag sale. And they're putting green tags on select in-stock tires. So look for the green tags and you save big. That's right. There's no need to find a pot of gold to get new tires this month. Keep that green in your pocket. Plus $20 gets you started today on the tires you need and the wheels you want. Local Tire and Wheel has easy payment plans to fit your budget. No credit check and everyone approved. Plus all tires come with peace of mind from local tire and wheels roadside assistance and road hazard protection programs local tire and wheel is having their green tag sale and they're putting green tags on select in-stock tires so go buy local tire and wheel find the green tags and you will save big plus get payments to fit your budget no credit check and everyone approved local tire and wheel 1518 at south caraway in jonesboro across from burger king local tire and wheel.com and on facebook search local tire and wheel jonesboro 
Greensboro. Home buyers throughout Northeast Arkansas continue to praise the team at First Financial Mortgage. Here's what Angela had to say. We bought and refinanced through First Financial Mortgage. It was an easy, stress-free process both times. We will continue to use them and refer everyone to them. I also had a friend getting a mortgage from a bank, and she was having a horrible experience. I gave them the number for Mary at First Financial Mortgage, and now they own their own house, which relieves so much stress for them. Call Mary Tucker today, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Take advantage of today's low mortgage rates while you can and lock in your rate now before rates go up. At Arkansas Federal Mortgage, you can lock your low rate for up to 90 days, giving you plenty of time to search for your dream home or save money on the one you already have. Get pre-qualified today at AFCU.org. There's no cost to apply. Equal housing lender, NMLS 418494. Visit AFCU.org for credit costs and terms. Visiting with new A-State pitching coach Alan Dunn. I've got a couple of people that I really trust in the game that they know me and, and they know kind of what I was looking for. And it happened to be that those same people knew Coach Raffo. And so they're like, A.D., man, this is a perfect fit. For where you are, what you want to do, you're not going to find a better place and a better person to work with. It's the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting, like basketball analyst Dick Vitale. I'm going to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team. 100% of donations fund game-changing cancer research. Donate now at V.org. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup as we continue along on a Monday edition of the show. Uh, talking some A-State women's basketball as Destiny Rogers was named the uh, the head coach, officially named the head coach earlier today, the eighth head coach in women's basketball program history. Uh, Going to try to get her on the show at uh, some point later on in the week. Uh, obviously, she is probably going to have a million different uh, media interviews lined up and all the, and going to be on the road recruiting this week as well. Uh, so going to try and reach out to her at some point later on uh, in the week and uh, get her on the show and kind of catch up that way. But right now, we'll uh, we'll kind of look at some of the uh, NCAA tournament stuff that came out yesterday. Obviously, yesterday was uh, Selection Sunday, so we got the whole uh, NCAA tournament bracket revealed, which, by the way, uh, it either this afternoon or tomorrow, we should have a bracket contest up here for the uh, Ticket Radio Network uh, online at 953theticket.com. And so hopefully we can come back tomorrow and kind of fill you in on what all that will entail in the Tickets Bracket Contest. But that should be up uh, sometime this afternoon or tomorrow morning. So that uh, definitely be something to uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, all right, so yesterday I my general interest level in the conference championship finals yesterday was – like a one. I, I didn't care about the SEC because I 
I mean, I don't know. I just I, I didn't care as much about the SEC. I, I felt like Tennessee was going to win the game. Tennessee's been really hot, even though I mean I know A and M's been hot, but I just I didn't care as much about that. Um, I kind of cared about the American, and then it got out of hand. Uh, the Big Ten was on, but I wasn't paying just a ton of attention. So. I, I don't think the the slate yesterday was just outstanding in the conference championship final round games on Sunday. I do, however, think the uh, the conference championship games throughout the course of last week and uh, even into Saturday night were all pretty uh, pretty entertaining. So it, it wound up being a pretty good uh, conference championship week, and then you get to yesterday at five o'clock and you have the bracket reveal on CBS. And the thing I love the most about the bracket reveal on CBS is that they don't waste time. You watch the college football playoff selection show, that thing's going to drag out for at least like an hour before they announce the teams. And then even when they announce the teams, they're going to announce one team, spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about said team and giving you unnecessary analysis about said team. Yeah, and it just then takes forever. We're going to get another team. So it's like a whole like one-hour process it takes to reveal four teams in the college football playoff, I feel like. Uh, and so that is, that is what annoys me um, about that. I'll give CBS credit. CBS learned, and I don't remember what exactly year it was. I, I think it was around like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. But one year, CBS tried to do that deal where they drug it on and on and on. They they did a, uh, you know, they do like four games at a time, and then they go back and give you uh, their thoughts on each matchup. And so it wound up taking like a whole hour and a half to reveal the whole bracket. And before they could get it done, the bracket had leaked on Twitter, and everybody had saw the bracket and turned off their broadcast. Ever since then, CBS has been on the ball. I mean, it within... I don't know, like 25, 30 minutes last night. We had all we had the full bracket revealed on CBS. And so, hey, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, if you will go quickly through the bracket presentation, I will stay around and watch some of the conversation and just uh, different, different thoughts on each matchup and upset alert and all that and see all the different interviews from the committee. Like, I am okay with watching the postgame show. But I also want to get to the point and see the bracket, and that's kind of what they did yesterday. So, yeah, I they, like uh, I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, it's a lot better, and it's it's kind of funny that they have almost more than triple the teams that the college football playoff has, and they do it way quicker. Yeah, it's just hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just kind of looking at uh, just kind of looking at the full bracket. Uh, the Midwest is an absolute cakewalk. Like honestly, the Midwest is embarrassingly easy for yeah. for Kansas. It's it's so easy. If you wanted Kansas to get to the Final Four, just say that. <laughs> yeah, because your ticket. I, I mean, who's going to challenge them in the Midwest? Like, because I honestly don't know. Uh, maybe Auburn, but oh, that's a uh, big but Auburn maybe. get upset in the first round. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I I tend to think. And maybe Auburn goes out and proves me wrong, and I look like a moron. I think Auburn is an an NIT team when they aren't on their home floor. I will agree with you on that. Yeah, they don't look they good. Are, they are a completely different team when they are on the road in a hostile environment, or even in the neutral side. Even this weekend in the SEC tournament in a neutral side, they were a completely different team. They got they, blown out. They are a completely different team when the full 
capacity of the crowd is not on their side. Yeah, and so, their, their guards are terrible. Their yeah. guards are not good. Now, I, I think there is a clear path for, for Auburn to get to the the Elite Eight and meet Kansas. I think there is a clear path. But honestly, if you tell me Jacksonville State or the winner of the USC-Miami game upset Auburn, I also wouldn't be shocked by that. But I mean, good Lord, this bracket in the Midwest is embarrassingly bad. Who does Kansas have to beat? I, yeah, you're, I don't you're gonna know. have to beat Creighton. May- okay, that that's a solid Big East team, whatever. Then you're gonna have to beat Iowa, solid Big Ten team, whatever. Uh, and then maybe you beat Auburn or like a Wisconsin or whoever comes out of the other side of the, like Kansas has a cakewalk to the Final Four. This is by far the worst side of the bracket. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Midwest Midwest Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight tickets in Chicago are gonna be like five dollars. If when, when Can- all is said and done. If Kansas goes anywhere but the Final Four or beyond, they've failed. Yeah. Because the easiest side of the bracket easily. Now, the what is going to be interesting about this side is the fact that I think there are potential for a lot of upsets. I, like, I would not be surprised if – and I don't think they're going to. I'm not going to pick it. But Jacksonville State over Auburn wouldn't surprise me. Colgate over Wisconsin would not surprise me. Iowa State over LSU, given the fact that LSU just fired their head coach, would not surprise me. And a 30-4 and South Dakota State, who has the longest winning streak in the country right now over Providence, also would not surprise me. So I think there are room for a ton of upsets on the Midwest side of things. I think Providence is losing. They they looked bad yeah. in that tournament. I, that, is, that is the one upset that I am pretty much locked in on. I, mean, I feel yeah. pretty confident that South Dakota State's going to beat Providence. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that's the Midwest. The East and the South are are fine. They're, they're, it's set up to have some pretty interesting storylines in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Obviously, Baylor, the one seed out of the East. You have Kentucky as the two seed. Uh, I think Murray State and Kentucky could be a really good second-round game if it gets to that point, and I think Murray State could potentially pull the uh, the upset. The only advantage I'm giving Kentucky there is that they're going to have the clear-cut best player on the floor, and nine times out of ten, I'm picking the best player in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, I think there are some interesting storylines that could come out of that. I, I think UCLA could maybe beat Baylor in the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 whenever they would match up with them. And so I am interested in the East side. Uh, the South, I'm not quite as interested in because I think Arizona is better than everyone in the South. But obviously there's a chance you know, for another Loyola-Chicago run as they play Ohio State in the first round. Uh, UAB is on that side of the bracket, which I think, could very realistically upset Houston and make kind of a Cinderella run. Uh, They're very good. And you have Tennessee, too, who, it, to me, Tennessee was underseeded. They should have been a two-seed. They should I would have put Duke at the three and Tennessee at the two. I mean, you see, we've seen it all over Twitter, all over Sarah, at least I have, because I'm a Tennessee fan, but it's, it is, it, someone made an Excel spreadsheet comparing the quad one wins, the quad two wins, and then under that, and Tennessee won in every single category. And it just it didn't make sense, but you know it is what it is, and I hope Tennessee makes the final four. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised at all if Tennessee comes out of that uh, comes out of that bracket. It's going to be exciting. They they wouldn't meet Arizona until the Elite Eight with a chance to go to the final four. Then at that point, I mean, it's and it's they beat them. anyone's game. They beat them in the regular season too. Yeah. So yeah, so I I, I kind of like Tennessee out of the South, and then you get to the West, and the West is a 
dadgum murderer's row. It's a gauntlet. Gonzaga. <laughs> Duke. Uh, Arkansas. Yukon's uh, on that side of things. Uh, Texas Tech. Memphis. Alabama. Memphis. Boise State. <laughs> I, I mean, like, they just decided to put all the best teams in the tournament on this side of the bracket. I, I mean, think about this. Here is Duke's potential run to the Final Four. So they get Cal State Fullerton in the first round. They should beat them, whatever. Then you have to play Michigan State. You're probably going to have to play Texas Tech. And you're going to have to play Gonzaga. That is a tough, tough road Duke's to the Duke's not making it out of the second round. But, no, they're not making it out of the second round. But here's the other thing. You give your top overall number one seed, Gonzaga, this path. They have to play Memphis, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Then they're most likely going to have to play Arkansas, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And they're going to have to play whoever comes out of that bottom of the bracket. And if it's Duke or Texas Tech, then I think either could beat them. Duke already beat them in the regular season. Now, I don't think Duke's going to get to that point. But Gonzaga has the murderer's road to get to the Final Four, and they're the overall number one seed. Somehow, Kansas gets the easy cakewalk, and Gonzaga, the overall number one seed, gets murderer's road to the Final Four. Yeah, it's it's brutal. I I feel for them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the West is interesting. I I actually you know initially I didn't like how it was set up, but I I kind of do like how the West is set up because there are so many like blue bloods and interesting matchups on the West side of things. Uh, and then you know kind of the uh, the other thing too is well, well two things. Number one. It is a little bit disappointing that Georgia State got seeded 16 and has to play Gonzaga in the first round because I don't know that that's going to be close. I I was hoping they would get on the 15 line where they could play Auburn in the first round because I think that would have been a very, very, very interesting game. That would have been incredible. I might have picked the upset with Georgia State over Auburn. I probably would have too. Jackson State, on the other hand. uh, Georgia State's not beating Gonzaga. Georgia State. If the game is within twenty, it'll be it'll be a win. I, I just uh, I, I can't pick Georgia. State hey, never say never in March, but yeah. So so that was the one thing I was disappointed in. I, I really wanted Georgia State on that fourteen or fifteen line because I felt like if they were there, they could have pulled an upset, which obviously would have been big for the uh, for the Sun Belt. The other thing I was disappointed in, and I, I still need an explanation on this: how Michigan and Rutgers. Both can get in, and Texas A&M is left out. Yeah, I'm confused as well. It used to be because, I mean, the mentality every March was if you win your conference tournament, you're more than likely getting in. Most of the time, sometimes it's a first four, but even if you do well in the tournament, it still helps you. And now it seems like they're getting rid of it. But then when teams don't do well in the tournament and they have good quad wins, they still don't count that. So I'm just confused on what they're looking at in general. Yeah, um, and I think Michigan and Rutgers were far more of an outcry than anyone else uh, getting in over Texas A&M. Yeah, but there there no, was this thing on Twitter about Texas A&M compared to Notre Dame. Uh, Texas A&M 4-9 and quad 1, Notre Dame 2-8. and eight. Texas A&M 22-11, and 11, Notre Dame 21-10. and 10. Texas A&M 42 in the net, Notre Dame 53. A&M SEC tourney finalist, Notre Dame lost in the quarterfinals and still gets in. I And I'm not saying this is the case, but if you told me that the selection committee selection committee did not pay attention to anything that happened in the conference tournaments beyond like Saturday I would 100% believe it I would believe it too because I just I'm struggling to 
find out how Texas A&M, a team that went to the SEC tournament finals, in a league that you could argue this year is, it may not be the best, but it's one of the two or three best in the country. They go to the finals in that, and they still don't get in. I Crazy. It it is it is absolutely crazy and, I, and like I'm not one of these I'm usually not one of these like Jay Billis like oh I can't believe this team got left out this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of college basketball the selection <laughs> tournament committee should all be fired because Billis is good for that about at least one or two teams but this is one of the first times where you look at it and it's like how in the world is this team left out I know it's bad when first off Dick Vitale said something about it and also. 90% of Twitter is people talking about this might be the worst snub or whatever in college basketball history for a yeah. number of things. Yeah. And when it's not just one team, that's when you know it's a problem. Yeah. So it is what it is, but it's going to be an exciting tournament either way. Yep, so uh, the playing games get underway uh, tomorrow on True TV. So get ready to uh, find right. out. Get ready to go on the endless search of what channel True TV is on for the next two <laughs> weeks. It's it's a tradition unlike any other. The only time I watch True TV is when college basketball is on. Very and so true. it takes Very me a little true. bit, all right, what's this channel? <laughs> Where so, is it again? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we get the playing game starting uh, tomorrow, which uh, I, I always like this uh, – Monday where you like have it off and don't really have anything going on in sports because it makes the the playing games I guess a little bit more meaningful even though I couldn't care less about Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Texas Southern they are leading it off tomorrow at 540 on True TV and then you get Indiana and Wyoming which I think will be a fantastic game tomorrow night uh I hope so in the 12 line so that uh, that's kind of latest here with the NCAA tournament all right uh, a ton of things we need to get into in the final segment uh we'll We'll try and get in as, as much as we can. Tom Brady ruined Selection Sunday uh, yesterday. Uh, Kevin Garnett got his jersey retired this weekend. Uh, the SEC coaching carousel is going crazy, so we'll try and touch on as many of those things as we can after this time out here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of The Setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Rice prices on the rise. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. March corn at 728 and a quarter, down 36 and a quarter, with May corn at 748 and a quarter, down 14 and a quarter. March soybeans at 1687 and a quarter, down three and a half, with May soybeans at 1670 and a half, down five and a half. March wheat at 1090 unchanged, with May wheat at 1096 and a quarter, down 10 and a quarter. May cotton at 118.77, down 226, with July cotton at 115.12, down 167. March rice at 1558, up seven cents, with May rice at 1610, up 24 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, April live cattle at 140.32 and a half, up 302 and a half, with June live cattle at 135.70, up 275. March feeder cattle at 155.95, up 267 and a half, with April feeder cattle at 162.40, up 442 and a half. April lane hogs at 102.20, down 52 and a half, with May hogs at 110.30, it's up 15. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Let's talk about America. Not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another, and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful. 
the nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. Best Manufacturing in Jonesboro is now hiring. Enjoy going to work with a close-knit group of employees for a company that provides a strong focus on safety, a stable work environment, excellent benefits, and competitive wages. Best Manufacturing is looking for welders, CNC laser operators, brake press operators, and more. Apply now. Check out Best Manufacturing's job ads on Indeed.com. Email info at bestmanufacturinginc.com or apply in person at 4929 Kruger Drive. Air Choice One has been your hometown airline for over a decade and is now offering service to Nashville and St. Louis from the Jonesboro Municipal Airport. The new Nashville service has started with daily flights except Wednesdays. Air Choice One offers affordable fares for both Nashville and St. Louis. Fly to St. Louis with fares as low as $40 or fly to Nashville for $49. Visit AirChoiceOne.com to book your ticket now. Air Choice One is proud to be serving Jonesboro. We look forward to having you fly with us. Welcome aboard. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on this Monday edition of the setup, getting set to uh, close things out of this Monday, March 14th, 2022 edition of the show. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here for the next 10 minutes or so. All right, so uh, a lot of different things to to kind of touch on in this final segment because it was a busy uh, sports weekend overall. First bit of news is the fact that, so yesterday, watch the selection show. Uh, watched a little bit of like the post game coverage of the selection show, maybe for about fifteen minutes, and then uh, I I kind of turned it off after I don't know they they interviewed like the the chair of the committee that tried to explain all the bracket deal, and I I, I turned it off after that because mostly because like I, I felt like you didn't get any kind of explanation on why Tennessee was a three or why Texas A and M was left out, and I I just kind of felt like. It was, they were talking in circles pretty much. And so I turned it off after that. And honestly, had like started watching a TV show, had my phone down, wasn't paying attention to sports. And like 10 minutes in, I get a notification on ESP from the ESPN app that says Tom Brady is back in the NFL. And I almost threw my phone out the window. <laughs> I mean, like, I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done with Tom Brady. And I know he's great, greatest of all time, yada, 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 whatever. But, like, the the amount of Brady fatigue I have is astronomically high. I thought we were done with Brady. I don't want to have to hear the Brady storyline because what it's going to do is overshadow the fact that you have the best, probably the best young class of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, may, maybe not ever, but... It's up there. I mean, you have a ton of great young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yeah. And now the storyline is going to be on Tom Brady. And I get it. He is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. There is nobody that is going to be able to touch what 
what he has done throughout the course of his career. And if he keeps adding a year or two or three years or however however much longer he wants to play, he is going to put up a track record that is is unbeatable. Uh, I love that he put unfinished business on there too. Like, what do you have left to do? That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you 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 already have all the rings. You already have all the stats. Like, I don't know what more you have left to prove. And I get it, too, from the sense that when you've been in the NFL for, like, half of your life and football has pretty much been your life, your your whole life, since you were old enough to remember at least, it, it's hard to walk away from it, and I get that. But I, I just – I don't know what more he has to prove. Like, everyone – even Tom Brady haters, which I proudly consider myself one – will admit that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, there, there's no arguing it at this point. There, there was, you know, there was a time where I would argue Peyton Manning. That that argument is no more. After he won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, like, it was over. End of discussion. There is, there is nobody left that can compete with Tom Brady, not only for the greatest quarterback of all time, but probably the greatest NFL player of all time. So that discussion's over. Like, I don't know what more he has left to to prove. Uh, you know, I guess it explains why Tampa was not really active at all in the quarterback market, and so so that explains everything. But it, it is just um, I, I don't know. I I just think the Brady fatigue is kind of has kind of set in a little bit, and I was looking forward to a post Brady NFL where outside of Aaron Rodgers, all of your quarterbacks that are good are young. And so I was kind of looking forward to that. And now we get probably like another lifetime of Tom Brady in the NFL. <laughs> He's never going to retire. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, probably not. Uh, <laughs> and honest to God, like I, I didn't really believe he was actually going to stay retired the first time he announced the retirement. I didn't either. I, I, I struggled to believe that one. So it, it, is, it is no surprise to it me. It definitely caught me off guard because it was, it was enough time where everyone kind of forgot about it because I definitely did. And then it came yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the guy that paid over $500,000 for Tom Brady's last touchdown ball like literally the night before uh, on Saturday night. It, I think it was like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning that the bidding had closed. And he paid over $500,000 for Tom Brady's last touchdown ball. He's in shambles. Uh, yeah. The, it, it's no longer worth $500,000. Uh, I, I mean, it is a Tom Brady touchdown ball, so it does have a little bit of value. But the value on that touchdown ball significantly decreased yesterday afternoon. Uh, so I'm sure Yikes. that guy. I'm sure that guy is uh, not not having a good time. He's right not doing now. well right now. Not doing well. So, anyways, that's uh, that's the latest from the NFL. The uh, in in college basketball, not only do we have the NCAA tournament going on, we also have the SEC coaching carousel going on, which I did not expect to be as wild as it has turned out to be, but that is kind of the case. Uh, so here's your here's your SEC coaching carousel update. On Thursday, Georgia fired Tom Green. On Friday, Mizzou fired Conzo Martin. On Saturday, LSU fired Will Wade because their notice of allegations had come back about a week or two ago, and they said that the the things that came out of those notice of allegations were, were too much for them to be able to keep Will Wade on staff. Sunday it came out that Mississippi State head coach Ben Howland is going to be fired after Mississippi State completes their NIT tournament run most likely. 
Also, Georgia hired Mike White, who was the head coach at Florida and had underachieved the last two or three years and his job stability was not super high and he was probably on his way out at Florida. And so instead of staying at Florida, he just resets and goes to Georgia. So now the Florida job is open and there are rumors today that Florida may try and target former player Mike Miller. And just coming out about an hour or so ago, South Carolina has fired Frank Martin. So, uh, as it as it stands right now, there are four jobs in the SEC that are open with a chance for a fifth, uh, depending on what Mississippi State does with Ben Hallett. So, welcome to the SEC coaching carousel. <laughs> it is it has gotten wild, bonkers the last few days or so. Um, and the LSU thing too is crazy because. If you're going to fire Will Wade, fire him because he deserves to be fired. He deserved to be fired three years ago. Agree. Agree. There's an argument. Will Wade deserved to be fired three years ago. Uh, So if you're going to fire him, fire him. But the timing of it, good Lord, the timing of it could not have been worse. LSU is a sixth seed going into the NCAA tournament with an interim head coach. They have no chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament now. So if you're going to fire Will Wade... Come out after the NCAA tournament run is over. Because at this point, what more what more damage can he do being your head coach for another week, two weeks, however long their NCAA tournament run lasts? Get through the tournament and then fire him. The, the, the timing of it is just so bizarre. Uh, and now at this point, LSU really has no chance in the NCAA tournament, which I'm not mad about it, but it uh, it is what it is. Uh, so last night, too, we saw the we saw both brackets come out for the NCAA men's and women's tournament. Uh, obviously, we've gone over the men's side of things, but one of the cool things that came out on the women's side of the bracket is that in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, you're going to get to see not only two kids that played their high school basketball in the state of Arkansas. Not only two kids that played their high school basketball in Northeast Arkansas, but two kids that played on the same team at Nettleton High School match up in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Friday at 4.30, Utah, who has Deja Young, a former Nettleton Lady Raiders standout, and Arkansas, who has Alana Eaton, a former Nettleton Lady Raiders standout, will match up at 4.30 in Austin on Friday on ESPN News. So that is... That is definitely going to be a really, really, really cool moment and something that uh, to look forward to uh, this week. All right, that does it for us today on the show. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Tomorrow morning in the front row with Pedro. Get you set up for Red Wolf Roll Call from 10 to 12. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone. They get you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. So for Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Eric Works.